Welcome to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no drama, no arguing. I'm your host, JJ Peters. And on today's episode of the pod, we'll discuss Chris Paul to Phoenix, NBA mock draft, week 10 NFL highlights, and DJ wins the Masters, and much more. As we always do in every episode, we do a poll question. You can vote on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the poll is, or the question is, does Chris Paul going to Phoenix help the Suns reach the playoffs? And surprisingly, a lot of you guys voted no. Let's get an update on all the injuries in the National Football League. Drew Brees of the Saints will miss a few weeks with a fractured ribs. Brees for the second straight season will miss some times because of injuries. The current leader with the most touchdown pass in the NFL suffered three broken ribs in Week 10's win versus the Niners. Last season, Brees hurt his thumb and missed five games. However, the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0 during Brees' absence. Jameis Winston is expected to start for the Saints while Drew Brees is out. Speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, Carolina Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is currently day-to-day with knee injury. Bridgewater left, or Bridgewater left Sunday the game versus the Buccaneers and never returned in the loss. No word yet if Bridgewater will be able to play this Sunday versus the Lions. Teddy Two Gloves did have an MRI on Monday and found out there was no structural damage to Bridgewater's knee. So there is a chance Bridgewater plays this Sunday. Uh, the injuries keep on coming for Carolina. The best running back in the game, Christian McCaffrey, said to miss more games because of a shoulder injury. McCaffrey injured his shoulder last week versus the Chiefs. This season, McCaffrey has played only three games because of multiple injuries. Last season, McCaffrey had over 1,000 yards rushing and receiving. And we're once again at that time where the NBA offseason begins and there is a lot of chaos. So let's let's get an update on all what's happening in the National Basketball Association. Lakers agree to trade Danny Green first-round pick for OKC's point guard Dennis Schroeder. The Lakers are making the trade because they believe they will lose out on both Avery Bradley and Rajan Rondo. On Monday, Rondo opted out of his contract and become an unrestricted free agent. The Clippers are expected to pursue Rondo this offseason. Schroeder finished second place last season in the Sixth Man of the Year award. LA also traded Denny Green, who they signed last season, to a two-year $30 million contract. Most believe that was one of the worst signings the Lakers made in a very long time. Schroeder will officially become a Laker on Friday, November 20th. Houston has some more problems. According to Sham Sharona of the Athletic and Stadium, James Harden wants out of Houston. He prefers to be traded to the Brooklyn Nets. He would be reunited with his former teammate Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to form a super team. They would be the clear favorites to win the Eastern Conference and compete for an NBA championship in the summer. However, there's a lot of things that need to happen before he can become a net. The Rockets don't want to trade James Harden to Brooklyn because of the lack of assets they would get in return for the eight-time All-Star. Houston also has a chance to be able to convince James Harden to stay with the Rockets. The scenario is quite different to what Anthony Davis went through in New Orleans two seasons ago. Davis was able to force a trade from the Pelicans to the Lakers and won a title. Unfortunately for James Harden, he can't do that. According to multiple sources, James Harden turned down a massive extension from the Rockets. The deal was reportedly worth over $50 million and would have made him the highest paid player in NBA history. James Harden believes his title window with Houston has ended. The NBA offseason officially begins on November 20th. DeMar DeRozan will opt into his contract with San Antonio. There has been thought about DeRozan getting traded and has been rumored to be going to the Lakers. However, the Spurs don't trade with the Lakers much, and I can't see Pop wanting to trade with his rival, L.A. DeRozan has not been the same since he got traded for Kawhi Leonard. This could be DeRozan's finally with the Spurs. However, DeRozan could get traded before the season begins on December 20th. The Milwaukee Bucks have made another trade. This time it's for New Orleans Pelicans guard Drew Holiday. They will be trading Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three future first-round picks to New Orleans. The Bucks are desperately trying to retain Giannis Antetokounmpo from leaving in free agency next season. Drew Holiday will be a nice upgrade over Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. 
However, a lot of people are saying it's great trade, but too high for Drew Holiday. The Pelicans will get three more future first-round picks and two solid veterans in Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. The Bucks have also acquired Kings Bogdan Bogdanovich. According to multiple sources, Milwaukee is not done for HC just yet. People expect Milwaukee to acquire another player to pair with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Dustin Johnson wins his first Masters and has the lowest score in the history of the tournament. DJ also was the first player to be ranked number one in the world to win the Masters since 2002 when Tiger Woods did it. Johnson finished the tournament with 20 under par, and the next closest was Cam Smith and Sung J M at 15 under par. John Rahm ranked number two in the world was 10 under par. He finished tied for seventh with Brooks Kapka and C.T. Pan. DJ has now won a second major for the first time since 2016 when he captured the U.S. Open. The 2020 Masters champion has now won four wins and tour this season. He won the Travelers Championship, the Northern Trust, the Tour Championship, which, cat, which was able to have him capture the FedEx Cup, and now the Masters. With winning so many tournaments that include the Super Bowl of golf, fans are realizing DJ is starting to become the face of the sports. Uh, my thought is uh, congratulations to Dustin Johnson. Um, he's definitely earned winning a Masters. He's had such a great season, but it's been up and down that included him testing positive for COVID-19 a few weeks ago, um, having back surgery. Um, it looked like he started the year pretty well when he won uh, the Travelers Championship when they returned from the pandemic. And then, of course, he started to struggle again, took a few weeks off, came back and was roaring when he won the FedEx Cup. He won the Northern Trust as well. He almost won the BMW Championship. It wasn't for John Rahm's unbelievable putt. Um, but, you know, give kudos to Dustin Johnson. He has been on fire. And right now, I think he is the best golfer in the world. And of course, he's number one. So, but yeah, Dustin Johnson, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had another good season next year and got another major. Uh, is DJ now the face of golf? I think at the moment, yes. Um, but of course, a lot of people have, uh, have said that a certain player will be the face of golf. Um, ever since Tiger Woods was not the same. Clearly, Tiger Woods is still the face of golf, despite not being what he used to be. But right now, I could see Dustin Johnson being the face. He's a little older. He's in his mid-30s, which isn't typically when people consider a guy the face of golf. But again, like I said, golf, you can golf for a long time. I would be surprised if he started golfing professionally consistently until 40 or 50. So he's got a few more years. And, uh, I mean, right now he's number one, so he's got to be the face of golf. And um, I think he'll have a next year. Of course, that's key, consistency. You haven't really seen much of that because you thought Rory McIlroy would be the next guy. He's kind of falling off a little bit. Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, we'll see what happens to him. Ricky Fowler's supposed to be the next guy. Jordan Spieth when he won the Masters back in 2015. So there's just been so many golfers that we thought would be the face and they just haven't materialized. Uh, is there any golfer you were impressed with? I was very impressed with both Sung J.M. and Cameron Smith. Both of them was the first time at the Masters in their second or third season. Um, just give kudos to them. They hung around with Dustin Johnson. It wasn't really that close, but to be able to be somewhat sniffing the lead is, is great. Um, but yeah, Sung J.M., their rookie of the year back in 2018 slash 2019. Of course, Cameron Smith from Australia. Great job. And of course, I was also impressed with... Um, uh, Rory McIlroy coming back all the way after struggling the first few days, but he did well on Sunday and finishing the top 10. The NCAA has announced they will play this year's men's basketball tournament in one location. Indiana is likely the place as Indianapolis is hosting the Final Four this upcoming season. The NCAA is going to have a tournament this season regardless of how bad the virus is in March. March 16th is the expected date, and the tournament will be played all around the state of Indiana. Lucas Oil Sam, the home of the Indianapolis Colts, is going to host the Final Four. The other places are likely Baker's Fieldhouse, the home of the Indiana Pacers, the Indiana Hoosiers Arena, and other Indiana universities in the area. There could be some high schools posting a few 
are not posting. There could be some high schools hosting a few games in the tournament because of the size of the arenas. The NCAA also has to think about hotels, gyms, and practice arenas. At the moment, the NCAA will only allow teams to leave their hotels if they're going to be playing a game or exiting the tournament. The season is expected to start on November 25th, the day before Thanksgiving. However, there are certain coaches that want the season delayed. Rick Pitino of Iona and former national champion coach at the University of Louisville wants the season to be delayed so that they can play the tournament in May. His reasoning is that every team has a chance to make the tournament and most likely he believes the virus will be controlled and they can play in more than just one designated site. But the NCAA is determined to play this season and have a, not, and have a tournament in March. The NCAA does not want to cancel the tournament because of the, for the second straight year. The NCAA lost billions of dollars after canceling the tournament in March. The NCAA released a statement on Monday saying, in recent weeks, the Division I's men's basketball committee has engaged in a thorough contingency planning process to determine the most effective way to conduct a safe and healthy March madness for all participants in the 20, for the 2021 championship. Through these discussions, it became apparent to the committee that the conducting the championship at 13 preliminary round sites spread throughout the country would be very difficult to execute in the current pandemic environment. The committee has decided the championship should be held in a single geographic area to enhance the safety and well-being of the event. My thoughts are, well, I'm glad the NCAA is going to have a tournament is very determined. Um, I think it's a it's a good I mean it's a good option, but I'm hoping by the time March rolls around that they'll change their decision and just kind of have it in different places because again, all those places that were supposed to host tournaments in the early rounds are gonna lose millions and maybe even billions of dollars. So I'm hoping they can somehow cancel that because I'm hoping the pandemic is done by then or at the moment, it's not looking good, but I really hope the NCAA changes their mind to give other places to host this uh, tournaments before, or like for the lower rounds. Um, but again, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, can the NCAA pull it off? I think they can. Again, they need it. If they're super determined and they really want this to go on, I think they will, especially with, not having last year, having a tournament last year, they lost billions of dollars. The NCAA tournament makes the most money for the NCAA, more than the college football playoff. It's crazy how much it makes. And when they didn't have it last year, that was huge. So I think right now the NCAA has to pull it off and has no choice. But I do think the NCAA will be able to do a 2021 NCAA tournament. Um, and the other question is, should the NCAA move the season back? Uh, no. Um, again, it's too late in the season. Yeah, there's been some teams that either canceled or postponed their year and that kind of stinks but the NCAA has to start the season sometime and they've already delayed it two weeks so why not just keep it the way it is uh, those teams that kind of stinks but there's really no other option um, so I think the NCAA should not move the season back and continue on the November 25th expected date now it's time for all of the week's biggest games in week 10 of the National Football League I will give you all the big games that happened on Sunday the two and six tr Texans traveled to Cleveland to take on the five and through Browns the Texans are hoping to get their season back on track. Well, the Browns struck first as they would get a 41-yard field goal from Cody Parkey to make it 3-0 in the opening quarter. The Browns and Texans offense wouldn't do much as the game would remain 3-0 going to the half. The first touchdown of the game came in the fourth quarter by Browns running back Nick Chubb. The Texans would answer back thanks to Deshaun Watson pass to Farrell Brown. However, on the next possession, the Browns were able to run the clock down and get their sixth win of the season. Baker Mayfield threw for 132 yards. Nick Chubb would dominate as he would rush for 126 yards. And Richard Higgins had 48 yards receiving. Deshaun Watson for the Texans threw for 163 yards in one score. David Johnson, who is now out, had 54 yards on the ground. And Randall Cobb had 41 yards receiving. The battle of the NFC East continues. Both 
teams continue to struggle as nobody knows who will win the awful NFC East division. The Eagles, who lead the division, should have no problem being the New York football Giants. However, that was not the case. The Giants started the game on a touchdown thanks to a 34-yard rush by quarterback Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, one of the best runners right now in the NFL, probably just behind Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. The Eagles would get a field goal, but New York would get another touchdown, this time from running back Elijah Penny. The Giants took an early 14-3 lead. The Eagles would score, bled by running back Boston Scott, and the two-point conversion was good to make it a three-point game. However, Wayne Gallman, the Giants, struck again to make it 21-11. The Eagles would answer, but this time would miss the two-point conversion to make it remain 21-17. The Giants would get two more field goals to seal the win. The New York Giants upset the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. Daniel Jones threw for 244 yards and also led the New York led, led the New York Giants in rushing with 64 yards and a one touchdown. Darius Slate had 93 yards to the air. On the other side, Carson Wentz threw for 208 yards. Miles Sanders had 85 yards on the ground, and Richard Rodgers, the former Packer, had 60 yards receiving. Tampa was trying to get a rebound from a tough loss to the Saints. The Bucs would get just that and even more. The game started off with the Panthers leading 17-10 late in the second quarter. But here comes Brady and the Bucs. The Buccaneers destroyed the Panthers in the second half. They would outscore Carolina 29-6. Ronald Jones had 192 yards rushing. That included a 98-yard touchdown the third quarter to increase their lead by nine. Tom Brady threw for 341 yards and three TD passes. Tampa would con- would get an interception that led to another touchdown by the Buccaneers. The Bucs would get the win 46-23. However, Bridgewater left the game in the fourth quarter with a knee injury. Chris Godwin finished the game with 92 yards through the air. Teddy Bridgewater threw for 136 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Mike Davis had 32 yards on the ground, and DJ Moore had four receptions for 96 yards and one touchdown. The 49ers traveled to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints were hot. They were coming off a big win versus Tampa, hoping to build momentum from the recent win versus the Buccaneers. San Fran started the game with a big touchdown pass from Nick Mullins to Brandon Ayuk. The Saints would put a punt on their first possession, then would muff a punt that led to a 49ers field goal. New Orleans would get three points, and the 49ers would also muff a punt that led to a New Orleans touchdown to tie the game at 10. New Orleans would take a 17-10 lead at the break. The Saints would continue their lead, and led by Alvin Kamara, they would hold on to a 27-13 win, but it came at a cost. Veteran quarterback Drew Brees left the game in the third quarter with fractured ribs that could tie him for a few weeks. Jameis Winston came in the game and played brilliantly. He threw 6 of 10 for 76 yards, and Latavius Murray led the team in rushing for 57 yards, but Alvin Kamara once again led the Saints in receiving with 83 yards and a touchdown despite being a running back. Nick Mullins for the 49ers threw for 247 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. Jarek McKinnon had 33 yards on the ground, and Brandon Ayuk had 75 yards receiving and one touchdown. The Battle of the Rooks happened on Sunday. The first pick in the or, I mean the fifth pick in the draft, Tua Tagovailoa faced the sixth pick in the draft, Justin Herbert. The Dolphins would start up again by blocking the Chargers punt that led to a touchdown. Miami would increase their lead to make it 14-0. However, Miami would fumble that led to a Chargers first touchdown of the game. At the end of the half, Miami led LA 17-7. The Chargers would score again in the second half as Justin Herbert would find his top target, Hunter Henry in the end zone. It was now 17-14 Miami. The Dolphins would get a field goal and force Justin Herbert to throw an interception that led to a touchdown for the Dolphins. The Dolphins would miss the two-point conversion, but still had a comfortably lead. They held on to beat the Chargers 29-21 after L.A. scored in the fourth quarter. Tonga Valoa threw 169 yards and is still yet to throw an interception. His stats for his NFL career are five touchdowns and no interceptions. Jakeem Grant had 43 yards receiving and one touchdown. 
and Ahmad had 85 yards rushing. Justin Herbert for the Chargers threw for 187 yards, two touchdowns, and one INT. Kellen Blodge, the former Dolphin, had 68-yard rushing. Keenan Allen had 90, 39 yards receiving and one touchdown. A good game was brewing in beautiful Inglewood, California, the $5 billion stadium that still is not allowed to have fans. The Rams hosted their rival, the Seahawks. Seattle started strong with a touchdown after the Rams scored a field goal in their first possession. L.A. would get back-to-back touchdowns make it 17-7. Seattle would get two field goals, but the Rams still led 17-13 at the break. At the end of that, for the start of the second half, the Rams dominated right away. They ended up winning 23-13 thanks to a touchdown and a missed two-point conversion. Jared Goff threw for 302 yards and had 38 yards rushing. Josh Reynolds had 94 yards through the air. And for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson threw for 248 yards and two INTs, 60 yards rushing, and Tyler Lockett had 68 yards receiving. With a loss, the Rams now have a lead in the division, and Russell Wilson has taken himself out of the front runner for the MVP. The Seahawks host the Cardinals this Thursday night. There was one exciting game in the desert on Sunday. The Arizona Cardinals hosted the Buffalo Bills in a must-see matchup on Sunday afternoon. The Cardinals, led by MVP hopeful Kyler Murray, had a great day against Buffalo. However, Josh Allen also had a nice day and put himself back in the MVP conversation along with Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. The Bills jumped out to a 69 lead at the half, but the second half was super exciting. Both teams combined scored five touchdowns. Josh Allen led the Bills to a last second, led, led the Bills to a huge drive to make it 30 to 26 with just 34 seconds left. However, all Buffalo fans were celebrating a little too early. Kyler Murray, with two seconds left, found DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone to win the game 32-30. Murray finished the game with 245 yards passing, one touchdown, one INT. And Kenyon Drake had 100 yards rushing. DeAndre Hopkins, who they got from the Texans trade in the offseason, 127 yards receiving and one touchdown, and it's proven the Texans why they made such a bad mistake. Josh Allen for the Bills threw for 284 yards, two touchdowns, but did throw two costly interceptions. He also led the team with 38 yards on the ground, and Cole Beasley had 109 yards and one touchdown. On Sunday Night Football, the Baltimore Ravens took on the New England Patriots in a rainy day in Foxborough. Baltimore was the heavy favorites against the struggling New England Patriots. Lamar Jackson was hoping to continue his success after a big win against the Colts last Sunday. On the other side, the Jets or the Patriots were coming off a big win versus the Jets and were trying to get back-to-back wins for the first time this season. That's hard to say that the Patriots haven't yet won a back-to-back game this season before the Ravens game. The first quarter was pretty slow for both teams, but in the second quarter, there was plenty of action. The Patriots surprisingly took a 13-10 lead at half after forcing a Lamar Jackson interception as he was looking for his top target, Marquise Hollywood-Brown. The Patriots, though, in the third quarter would jump out to a 23-10 lead in the third quarter, but here comes B. Moore. The second-to-last play in the third quarter, Lamar Jackson would find Willie Sneed to make it a six-point game. Most, lo- most would say the Ravens would come back and win the game, but that's not what happened. The Patriots' defense held on 23-17 to upset the Ravens. The Ravens center, Matt Sakira, had multiple problems snapping the ball to Lamar Jackson, which could be a problem in the future for, the, for Baltimore. The, Pel- P- the Pats held on to beat the Ravens 23-17. Newton threw for 118 yards, one touchdown. Damian Harris had 121 yards on the ground. And Jacoby Myers had 59 yards receiving and a touchdown pass. Lamar Jackson for the Ravens threw for 249 yards, two touchdown passes, one INT, also rushed for 55 yards, and Willie Sneed had a 64 yards to the air and had one score. On Monday Night Football, the one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL happened. The Chicago Bears hosted the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears had lost three straight while the Vikings had one back-to-back game. The Bears were hoping to get back on track 
while the Vikings were hoping to continue their resurgence. The game was pretty sloppy for both sides. Nick Foles couldn't figure out the defense and let the fourth quarter with an injury to his shoulder that could sideline him for multiple weeks. Kirk Cousins got his first win on Monday night after nine straight losses. Minnesota dominated the Bears, and the game was a lot closer because of a kick return for a touchdown by former Viking Cordell Patterson. Foles only threw for 109 yards and threw one INT. Cousins threw for 292 yards and two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook rushed for 96 yards, and the rookie Justin Jefferson had 135 yards receiving and put himself back in the Offensive Rookie of the Year conversation. And Allen Robinson for the Bears had 43 yards receiving on four catches. Final score, Minnesota held on to beat the Chicago Bears 19-13. Now the NBA draft is is actually tonight, and here's my mock draft on what will happen. The number one pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Anthony Edwards. The draft is loaded with talent, but Minnesota needs, or the draft is not really loaded with talent. But the Timberwolves need to have a good draft if they want to compete with the big boys in the Western Conference. They probably won't make the playoffs this season, but when you have Anthony Towns, Russell, and now the first pick, they should do better than last season. Lamelo is probably not the best, or Lamelo is probably the best prospect in the draft, but the T-Wolves don't need a point guard. And I don't think he makes a good shooting guard or number two. So Minnesota will need to draft Anthony Edwards out of Georgia or figure out how to trade the number one pick. However, there's not a lot of teams interested in trading with the Timberwolves for the number one pick. With the number two pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select James Wiseman. Now, the Warriors will be a playoff team this upcoming season. But because of the injuries last season, they ended up with the second pick. Golden State does not have a lot of needs, but why not take the best in the draft, who is James Wiseman? Wiseman could fit perfectly with the 2018 champs. The Warriors don't have any good number fives, and the prospect of Memphis would be an ideal spot for him. Or they could just trade the pick, which might happen. But again, I don't think they're going to have enough time to be able to make that move. With the third pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select LaMelo Ball. The Hornets really like LaMelo Ball, and he's still available at the third pick. Now, the Hornets are really the only interested team in moving up in the draft. Ball is a great prospect, but needs to work on a lot of things. He's not a great shooter. He's not a great defender, um, but he is a great passer. He's got a great IQ, and he's very exciting to watch on the floor. Most likely, LaMelo will be the best of all his brother. The one thing that I have a problem with is if if LaMelo does go to the Hornets, LaVar will probably be somehow talking to Michael Jordan, even though MJ despises him. Now, LaVar Ball right now has no connections with um, LaMelo, so maybe he gets out of that. But, again, I could see if the Hornets don't take him because of that reason. But Michael Jordan doesn't make the pick. So it'll be interesting to see what the Hornets do in this year's draft. With the fourth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls select OB Toppin. Chicago has a lot of needs, but why not just start take the best athlete in this year's draft? Obi Toppin is a big wild card. He could either go number one or go number 10. The reigning college basketball player of the year and top small four in the draft is a solid pick for a very struggling franchise. Toppin would start right away and help help the Dayton team have a chance to make a deep run the NCAA tournament if it wasn't cut short. The Bulls are in the right direction if they take the 2019-2020 college basketball player of the year. With the fifth pick in the draft and the 2020 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Denny Advia. Some are referring to him as Jewish Jordan. The Cavs, similar to the Bulls, have a lot of needs. Most teams in the draft will be taking the best available, and he is the best prospect when the Cavs are on the board. Now, there have been some talks that Cleveland is going to trade for a superstar this offseason, but I'm not sure that could work, especially when you really have no assets to trade. I mean, you have Kevin Love, eh, Colin Sexton, eh, but I mean, Kevin Love is not the same as he used to be. With the sixth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Onyeka Okongwu. 
The Hawks are in a very interesting position. They have a lot of young talent that includes Trey Young and Cam Reddish, but they still need a lot of help. The Hawks need to trade this pick for a veteran. However, if Atlanta is not able to make this trade, the next best option would be the prospect out of USC. I'm not sure how well he fits with the team, but again, he is the best available for a very young Atlanta squad. The Hawks could trade Akangu after they draft him, but they're not going to get a better one for a player who they just drafted that not a lot of people know about. I do think he will have success with Atlanta, but I'm not sure at this current time. With the seventh pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Isaac Okoro. The Pistons, the Pistons, the Pistons. <laughs> I'm not sure how to rate this team. Detroit has struggled for many years now and seems like they can't get in the right direction. The Pistons made the playoffs two seasons ago, but were bounced in the opening round. The Pistons stars Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose are good, but they can't get healthy. When they were both healthy, they were must-watch TV. However, Detroit needs to get younger and healthier. Isaac Okoro is a solid fit for a struggling franchise. He probably won't make a difference right away, but it could be very beneficiary or beneficial for the Pistons in the future. And plus, it helps that the best prospect from Auburn is the best available. With the eighth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Tyrese Halliburton. New York, like Detroit, has been a mess for decades now. The New York, the, or the Knicks also got unlucky for the second straight year and have a very low pick compared to what they should have had with how bad they were this season. Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State would be a nice pickup for the Knicks. He could run the offense right away and get the next two or few more wins or get a few more wins from a season ago. New York would have a future with Halliburton leading the squad at the point, but let's hope the Knicks don't screw this up like they did with Porzingis. I also have to mention that the Knicks are interested in Russell Westbrook. If they acquire Westbrook, then I'm not sure why they would need Tyrese Halliburton, but again, this is before the free agency starts. So again, it'll be interesting, but I do think Halliburton makes the most sense for New York. With a ninth pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Washington Wizards select Devin Bassel out of Florida State. The Wizards at the moment are kind of in a sticky situation. John Wall is going to be still out when the season starts, and Bradley Beal is getting frustrated by the minute with the Washington franchise. However, that could change with drafting Vassell with the first-round pick. Vassell could help the club right away and maybe lead them to the postseason once again. The Eastern Conference could be wide open this season if the Nets don't acquire James Harden. So why not just take Vassell out of FSU? With a 10th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Phoenix Suns select Patrick Williams. The Suns have the next pick, and they are looking to finally make a leap in the playoffs for the first time since the Steve Nash era. Now, you guys also realize that they acquired Chris Paul, who I'll talk about in, in the next segment. But again, they're trying to make the playoffs for the first time since Steve Nash era, and I believe paying Patrick Williams makes the smart choice. Again, I'm not sure how well and how well he'll be with the team and how it will affect him, but I think Williams would be the best option for the Phoenix right now. I think it'll definitely help Booker and Aiton as well and Chris Paul now. With the 11th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Aaron Naismith. It's weird to see San Antonio having a lottery pick. In fact, it'll be the first time since the Spurs with Greg Popovich drafted at a lottery position since 1997 when they drafted at number one and took Hall of Fame power forward Tim Duncan. San Antonio needs a great shooter and a solid wing defender. Aaron Smith or Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt would be the guy for San Antonio. Naismith probably won't start right away, but it'll be a nice option off the bench for Pop. San Antonio really has good guards, so in my opinion, they would need a three or four who can shoot the ball well and is a good defender on the wing. The Spurs have not been the same since they traded Kawhi Leonard, and they need someone to fill that void. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Sacramento Kings select Sadik Bay. So like a lot of these franchises, I could see Sacramento trading their first-round pick. But if they can't, I could see them taking Shattuck Bay out of Villanova. Sacramento has been kind of stayed the same for the last five to 10 years. The Kings are just a little below mediocre. I don't know if drafting Bay will help them reach the playoffs, but I think he's the best available. 
With the 13th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Precious Achua. New Orleans is very, very close to making a run in the playoffs, but they still need some, they still have some needs. They need a good center and another shooter. Precious Achua would be an ideal fit for a very young New Orleans club. The Pelicans are in a good position to make a run, but they still need to draft well to continue their progress. They have superstars in Zion Williams and Brandon Ingram, they, but they might need some role players like Achua. Achua could replace Derek Favors, who is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. So if Derek Favors doesn't resign, they have a replacement. And the 14th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Tyrese Maxey. The Celtics once again have a lottery pick despite making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. However, Boston doesn't need a lot and doesn't have much room for a roster spot. So whoever they draft will probably be on their G League team or trade it away. But Tyrese Maxey out of Kentucky makes the most sense. Yes, I know he's a point guard. They have Kimball Walker and Marcus Smart can play the, that position. But again, you got a guy like Tyrese Maxey. They can even move him to the two if they need to. Um, again, I don't know how long Maxey will be with the Celtics. I think mostly either G League or he gets traded. Breaking news, the Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade veteran guard Chris Paul and Abdul Nader to the Phoenix Suns for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lockie, and a 2022 first-round pick. Chris Paul now will, be, will now be with his third team in five years. Paul has made the All-Star team this season for the first time since 2006 or 2016. Paul helped lead the Thunder to the postseason despite OKC trying to rebuild. OKC has many as now 17 draft picks through 2026. The Thunder also have a young rising guard in Shea Gilgis Alexander. OKC took the Rockets to seven games in the bubble last season. OKC has also traded away Dennis Schroeder. Danilio Gallinari is likely gone, and Steven Adams could be traded as well this offseason. On the flip side, the Suns are trying to make it the postseason for the first time since the Steve Nash era. Paul will be paired up with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Phoenix is in win-now mode. Phoenix has a chance to make somewhat of a run in next year's playoffs. And finally, Devin Booker has a team around him for the first time in his young career. The all-star and former three-point contest champion will finally get a chance to make it to the playoffs. My thoughts are, I'm kind of shocked. I didn't actually think the Suns would be able to pull it off. And it's been a while, but maybe we see the Suns are finally contenders. Now, again, Chris Paul will probably only be there two years because he's going to be owed $41 million, And by the time his contract ends... The Suns aren't going to want to bring him back because he'll probably be too old by then. I think it'll be 37 or 38. So I think for two years, this is a good option. They can finally get in the playoffs for two years. They'll probably maybe make it the semifinals. They definitely won't make it the conference finals. But I do think this helps both Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Um, both of them are very good players. They went eight and home in the bubble, as I, as I previously mentioned. Didn't even get to make the playoffs, even though they were perfect. But um Man, hats off to uh, the Suns for making this work. And, of course, Sam Presti now is pretty much just gearing up for a total rebuild. So just expect the Thunder not to be good this year. Does this help Phoenix take the next step? Now, we this was our poll question, and you guys thought no. But in my opinion, I think it helps the Suns make the playoffs, that which would be the next step. Um, again, the Suns are going to be likely taking the place of the Spurs and Rockets and uh uh, I can't remember. There's a few other teams too, but the Spurs and Rockets are not making the playoffs this year. It feels like they're going to rebuild. Um, so this uh, kind of opens the door for the Suns. And within a few years, if once Chris Paul leaves the Suns, they can get another superstar, which means they'd have money for him. That would be huge. And the Suns for a while now, and unless Devin Booker gets traded, which I don't, I don't see happening, the Suns could be a team to be, uh, could be a very good team in the future. How will Chris Paul do with the Suns? I think he'll do good. I don't think he'll do great. I don't think he needs to be good because, again, they have De Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Devin Booker, of course, has been the best Suns player for the last few years. And finally, it seems like the Suns are deciding to build around him because, again, he wanted to be traded somewhat. That was according to a rumor. But I think right now he likes to stay in Phoenix. And 
We'll see what they do, but I think Chris Paul does well with the Suns. I don't think he makes the all-star game or is their best player because, again, that goes to Devin Booker. But I do believe the Suns will be very good with Chris Paul, and I think Chris Paul has success with the Phoenix Suns. Well, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. Thanks for listening to the Sports Down Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. If you haven't subscribed yet, just hit that button on the right. Don't forget to like, comment, and rate. Also, if you want to check out the other videos, just click the button on the left.